because I had to break my leg in an accident and the cops had to find a bunch of drugs on me and then arrest me in the hospital. Even then I lied, right? I told my dad, oh no, it's just, I just use a lot. So I bought a lot of drugs and, and that's why they found that much on me. It was like a quarter pound to a half a pound of cocaine. If my dad knew anything about drugs, he would know that's not true. Welcome to the Ignited Recovery Podcast, a new way forward for anyone looking for answers but feeling left out. If you've been searching for empowerment, triumph, and purpose, you've found them right here. You won't hear the same solutions, and you're not going to have any excuses to fall back on, because Ignited Recovery allows heroes to rise and become their best selves. I'm Dr. Adi Jaffe, and I can't wait to be your guide on this journey. Are you ready to become an Ignited Hero? Today, I really want to talk about this concept of connection versus isolation and how they're kind of these two different sides of this battle that we fight and how we deal with our problems and and therefore how we treat others and what our relationships end up being like. You know, when I was younger, I was a really jaded person, like probably since the age of 12 or 13, I was really, really jaded. Um, I really felt like almost nothing in the world mattered, period. It was very kind of nihilistic, um, anarchist almost, right? This idea that Things are always going to screw up. Things are always, nothing is ever really going to work out. Nothing, there's no purpose to any of this. And so everything in my life felt like a burden. Really, unless it satisfied some immediate need that I had. Um, In that way, it's almost like I live this very id way of living. I don't know how many of you know of any Freudian sort of principles, but the id is kind of like the pleasure-seeking component of what it is that we do. Um, you know, in neuroscience, people might think of it as kind of like your reptilian brain, but all the pleasure-seeking part of your reptilian brain, right? Now, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I, I really, I had this sense that I'm alone and I'm always going to be alone. So, you know, screw everybody else and I'm going to have to take care of myself forever. That means taking care of my needs, watching out for myself, not caring too much about anybody else unless I can get something from them. Like it was very, a very isolated way of looking at the world in general. And it really meant that every time something in my life went wrong, I would just try to solve it myself. Like, you know, when I went through a really tough, really, really tough breakup, my first semester in college, I did what I could to solve the problem. And at the time, you know, that involved drinking a ton of alcohol and smoking a whole like bags full of weed um, because, you know, I didn't really think anybody could help me. I didn't want to rely on anybody else. I didn't, I didn't think anybody cared and I didn't really think that they'd stick around for my problems. Um, when I, I didn't actually graduate college when I walked for college graduation at UCLA, but I couldn't even tell anybody. I was in the middle of pretty heavy drug use. I didn't, I didn't even wake up for my college graduation. My parents who were visiting in town with my sister had to wake me up in bed. There were like lines of drugs next to my bed, but I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to tell them that I didn't graduate. I just kind of tried to just fix the problem. You know, I, it was like something went wrong. I'm going to go, I'm going to go address it myself. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to rely on anybody. I'm not going to trust anybody with this information. 
And the same thing every time there was like a big, big obstacle in my life. I mean, I guess not graduating college could also be a big obstacle. But when there was a really big obstacle, I tried to fix it myself. Like when I got arrested and the first time I got arrested was in college, I never didn't tell anybody. I told my friend to come bail me out. And that when I never asked for help past that. And, you know, that's when I started actually selling drugs. I started selling drugs because I needed money for an attorney, which sounds insane to say out loud when I say it now. But. You know, every time I ran out of money, I would go and hustle in some way to to get it. I wouldn't call my parents. I wouldn't rely on them. I, I really had this sense that I don't want anybody else to help me. They shouldn't help me. They don't want to help me. Even when I got robbed, I got robbed at gunpoint. And um, I remember the guy took everything, like all my money, all my drugs, my cell phone at the time. And so I remember I ran to a pay phone and uh, called this girl who was helping me out at the time and I, and I just asked her to bring me some of the drugs that she had and then I just locked myself in my studio for three days didn't talk to anybody I, it was all about like I've got to fix everything myself there's nobody else here and so every time something bad happened I felt alone and to me it was like proof that I was really isolated and nobody was really caring and nobody was going to be there for me for real um, but now I actually realize that you know I was isolated because I isolated from people. It wasn't that I had nobody to rely on. It was just that I wouldn't rely on anyone. The kind of secret is if you want support, you need a support network that you cultivate. It doesn't just happen on its own, you know. That's easier said than done, right? Because we isolate since we think it's going to be easier. We think that's the easier solution. You know, for me... Not only did I not want to bother other people with my crap, I just, like I said, I didn't trust that they would stick around or that they'd help me. In my head, everybody would rather isolate and do it with their own stuff so people wouldn't actually help. And part of the reason that happens to us is, I don't know about you, but I compare how I feel inside, or at least I definitely used to, I compare how I feel inside to what other people show me. I used to do that all the time. I almost always felt like, Everybody else was more put together, was less broken, way, way happier than I am, you know, much more hopeful for the future, while also kind of secretly believing that it's just because they don't see the big picture. Like, I thought I had some insight that they didn't have. Um, and so, you know, if they're not really going to be there for me, why would I trust them? If they really care more about themselves than anything else, then why would I even share with them my struggle? And when you compare how you feel inside to how other people are doing, then what you're going through, what I was going through, looks way worse than these masks that everybody puts on. And if my internal way of being is so much worse, like a million times worse than what everybody else is showing, I feel shame. I feel shame because I'm less than. Not what I'm going through is problematic. Not my grade at school was worse or my college credits or my, you know, ability to be with my partner and my, you know, the girlfriend who broke up with me. It's not that those things are bad. It's that I am bad and therefore they're happening because they're only happening to me. They're not happening to anybody else. And so we all think this to ourselves. We say, well, I'm going to fix this inside on my own first and then I'll reach out to others because I'll actually be better and then they'll want me more. You know, when I was like in the depths of my suffering, I lied to everybody to make it look like I was fine. That story that I told you was on Halloween. I got held up at gunpoint, uh, called my assistant. And then the reason I isolated for three or four days is I couldn't hide how terrible I felt. 
Um, the guy saw, I mean, I was selling drugs. He stole like $250,000, $300,000 worth of drugs for me, about $75,000, $100,000 of cash that I had. My phone, my car keys, like he took everything I had. I couldn't hold it together enough to put on the mask. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but it took me three days of being completely alone. I wrote some of my favorite music that time because I didn't care. I was so broken down that I didn't even care. And that was that was really kind of like the worst that it ever got. And the idea even coming out of that was like, let me get myself together enough so I can lie to other people about how well I'm doing before I let them in. But here's the thing. When everybody isolates, we all suffer. Like during that time, that robbery and that time when I was using drugs all the time, when I was isolating the most in life, I was surrounded by dozens of other people. But it was literally almost like I selected the people that were also isolating so much from their own real support that I would know nobody was really going to give a shit about what was going on with me. Like I had these three guys working for me that were selling drugs for me. Each and every single one of those guys had left their family behind, mostly on the East Coast, one from Florida, all over the country. But like they'd left their family behind. They had none of the people that had known them for a long time. None of their past relationships were around. They were also running away. They were also isolating. I dated girls who moved to LA to act or were, you know, and like trying to get in the industry. But in the meantime, worked at strip clubs and they had their own stories of shame. And so they were also isolating. They weren't talking to a lot of people in their own life. Those were the people that I surrounded myself with. I surrounded myself with other people who were isolating. So we all seemed like we were together, but we were really all like in these little cocoons of realities. And the thing is, if you try to fix yourself before you feel like you can become dependent on others or at least be somewhat open and share with other people what's going on, because then you'll be quote unquote okay, you don't feel ready. You don't feel ready for relationships. So you stay away from any meaningful relationship in the meantime. But the weird thing is, if we all end up doing this, then we all end up being isolated. And then because we're all isolated, we have to constantly be putting on these masks so that other people will think we're okay. We fake it so that everybody thinks that we're fine. So our friends, our parents, our partners, everybody around us thinks we're doing better. Again, I don't know if you've dealt with this before. Obviously, not everybody does this. But the people, those of us who do, you know, we end up in relationships with friends they don't know that we're like crying ourselves to sleep or we're anxious all the time. Our parents don't know that we're losing our shit and we can't handle life right now. For some of us, our partners, the person we're married to, we're dating, we're engaged to, they don't even understand what's going on in our heads because we feel so shamed about it. We feel like if we tell them the truth, they're going to leave us. They're going to know that we're broken pieces of crap. They're going to leave us. So we lie to them too. And we're literally surrounded by people who have no idea who we are. What's up, everybody? So glad that you've tuned in here today. You know, we bring you these recovery episodes to help anyone who's struggling with addiction or habits that don't serve them break free of the cycle using the latest research and the most effective strategies that I've found over my years of doing this and thousands of people I've helped. Obviously, we offer this free resource to you because I know that getting help is hard and I want to make it as easy as possible. So even if you never join our online hero program or come to our retreats or come and work with me individually, I want you to at least have access to the same powerful tools that have changed thousands of lives. If you like this and think it's useful, please give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or just wherever you're listening to this right now. It really helps get the word out about this free resource, which is important since my goal is to help over a million people. So thanks a lot for being part of the Ignited community. Now let's get you back to the help. 
And that's how we end up in relationships where we can't be honest about our truth because we believe that those other people in our lives are going to judge us. We believe that they're going to think less of us if we're honest with them. So like in my drug days, everybody else, including my family, by the way, thought I was having the time of my life all the time, partying, hooking up with girls, getting as high as I possibly could all the time. My parents didn't know about the getting high as possible all the time. But like, you know, the people around me here in LA, I was partying every day, getting high every day, spending money like it was nothing, going on these trips, taking girls on the trips with me. I was surrounded by people all the time as a distraction because when the people were around, I would have to put the mask on and then I would kind of be able to lie to myself that I was okay. But whenever I'd find myself actually alone, I was already isolating psychologically. When I would find myself actually physically alone, I remember sitting there and just thinking like, what the hell is going on in my life? How did I end up here? What, how, I don't even understand. How did this end up? as the place that I, I'm living through right now. It just didn't make sense. And, and what I know, and I know it now, is that if we actually, instead of lying to everybody all the time, instead of faking people all the time, instead of wearing masks all the time, instead of pretending, if we practice radical transparency, everything in life starts fixing itself. Now, I got to be honest with you. For me, that actually started when I was forced to be transparent. I didn't know it at the time. That's why I teach it so much right now. Because I had to break my leg in an accident and the cops had to find a bunch of drugs on me and then arrest me in the hospital. Even then I lied, right? I told my dad, oh, no, it's just I just use a lot. So I bought a lot of drugs and, and that's why they found that much on me. It was like a quarter pound to a half a pound of cocaine. If my dad knew anything about drugs, he would know that's not true. It wasn't until the cops then raided my house I ended up in jail with like almost a million dollar bail and the lawyer called my parents. And when the lawyer called my parents and he told them, hey, um, your son is a drug dealer and he got caught, that was when transparency started in my life because I didn't make that choice. Somebody made it for me and then I had to deal with the fact that my parents now knew. And so ironically, I was lying to my parents for years thinking, let me fix my life. Let me get my life together. Because if I can do that, then my parents, I'll, my parents can be proud of me. I'll have the right relationship with them. But to actually fix everything that was wrong, I had to start being honest with everybody around me. Now I watched with the kids, I watched this episode. This is a crazy example I'm gonna give you right now, but I watched an episode of Sabrina, the teenage witch. My kids were watching it. A friend introduced them to it. And, um, she used this spell that told where everybody had to tell the truth all the time. And so this girl that was bullying her told her why she was bullying her. And as she told the truth about some of the other bully friends, and they were really upset that she was telling the truth, but they couldn't lie. So they explained how that made them feel crappy. And then Sabrina and this other friend of hers, I don't remember the, any of the other names, were hanging out with this guy and they both liked him and they were talking about him away from him. And he turns to them, he said, are you guys talking about me? And, and they can't lie. So they said, yes. And he goes, well, can you just talk about me over here so I'm not alone? I'm kind of feeling isolated. And it was such a perfect example of what I'm talking about right now, because it was like, we all think that by lying to others, like the girls gossiping about the guy without him knowing, everything will be better. Like if we just talk about him here secretly and he doesn't know, everything will be better. But the moment that 
he's not taking it personally and he just wants them to be honest and they can be honest with him, things just started resolving themselves. And the same thing happened in my relationship with my parents. When my parents knew I was a drug dealer, they knew I was using drugs, but they never knew I was a drug dealer. They didn't know my entire life was surrounded by drugs. But when they found that out, that was the beginning of us fixing our relationship. We ended up with the best relationship ever when my parents found out. You know partially why? Because not having to lie to them and everybody else anymore meant that I didn't have to wear a mask, which meant I could be honest in all these other areas of life, which meant I could actually deal with the reality because, yeah, it's really hard at first. I mean, I didn't want my parents to find out about what was going on, but the reason I didn't want my parents to find out because I've been lying to them and everybody else for so long and they were to me because they knew that I was a drug user heavily and they didn't have honest conversations without, without me, that there's going to be a lot of catching up to do. And some of that catching up is going to be painful. So yeah, it's going to be hard at first when you start being honestly, radically transparent with people. You might lose some relationships in your life when you try to be radically transparent. But the thing is, you'll lose the ones that aren't serving you anyway, the people who aren't ready for that. But in the end, it'll actually create a much better reality for you. Because you're going to start learning things about yourself and others that you didn't know ever. And it'll start making you actually realize why you haven't been happy in the first place. You've heard about the story, but when this idea of radical transparency entered into my romantic relationship, I learned about my problems with intimacy. This thing that I used to call sex addiction, but now I recognize it was just really deep intimacy struggles, not knowing how to connect, not ever learning how to be in a relationship with somebody else. And when transparency comes into your life, your realizations about all of your relationships, they come much faster, which means that you can actually trust and go all into a relationship because the bad ones will disappear quickly and the ones that you want to keep around will get fixed. And if you're a couple, you're married, engaged, or serious in other ways, this is an absolute game changer. How many of you have been in relationships before where you kind of pretended to be a totally different person with somebody for Definitely months, but sometimes years. You know, you you try to pretend like you're a certain kind of person, and then you have to keep pretending in that way for a really long time because now you've told this partner that this is who you are. I mean, I'll tell you this right now. The things you think you're getting because you're keeping things from your partners in deep relationships are exactly the things you'll start getting when you have Onyx exchanges. You wouldn't believe the sort of conversation Sophie and I have now because we're radically transparent. Things that would have caused jealousy before, things that would have made us reconsider whether we want to be with that partner. Now that we're radically transparent, all those fears disappeared. It's insane. So I got to tell you this. I mean, you know this, you've listened to this, but you also listened to some of the stories in the past. In my life, I traded in my old isolating ways for a completely open, communicative, and interdependent way of living where I'm part of a community. Now, some of that community is really close. Sophie, our close friends, my sister, my mother, and some are more distant. I talk to a lot of you guys through DMs because of stories I share and then you become honest with me and share. That's all part of my community. And that community supports me and knows everything that's going on so that I don't have to hide. I don't have to fake it. So in order to get better, I actually had to put away the idea that I have to fix everything alone first and that that's the better option. And instead, I live my life openly, realizing that that process will fix things through the communication. Now, I don't have to say this, but my life now is endlessly better, right? Like the, the way I live now is feels better, is safer, is, is 
more joyful and more purposeful than it was when I was isolating through drugs and these meaningless relationships, et cetera. But my relationships were definitely one of the places where that's improved the most. My mom, my sister, and I have a relationship now that we never would have had had I still been lying and pretending. My dad, before he passed, the relationship I had with him was like 180 degree difference from where it had been before. And obviously, my relationship with Sophie relies on this concept of constant sharing and essentially almost no isolation, right? No keeping things to ourselves. And through that process, I'm no longer scared of relying on other people because the way I am and my requirement of others of transparency and communication means that anybody who isn't ready for being in a relationship with me leaves really, really quickly. So I don't have to deal with it. I get to be honest with them. They get to be honest with me. And if that means they need to go away, by all means. But the friends who are with me, they know and they trust that they get who I really am. I have to say that in actuality, almost everything that I thought isolation would get me was actually brought on by openness and communication and having a support network. And so I want to ask you, in what areas of life are you not being the most honest and transparent that you can be? And how is that affecting you? And my question for you today, what if you started allowing more transparency into your life? I'd almost like to make that a challenge for you for this week. How can you get closer to radical transparency in every area of your life? Because I got to tell you, the idea that you should have been hiding parts of yourself to get along better or have other people like you more or get more out of life, that was a lie all along. It was never true. It was something you believed or other people taught you in the past that if you wanted somebody to like you, you had to pretend to be somebody else. If you wanted to get a girlfriend, you had to pretend to be somebody else. If you wanted to make more money, you had to pretend to be somebody else. But in reality, it's the exact flip of that. And so I urge you, to start practicing more radical transparency and you're going to see the payoff. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignited Heroes Recovery Podcast. I really hope you found the information here useful and that we'll see you back here next week. And look, I want to make sure that this podcast is the most useful it can be for you. So please let me know by emailing info at ignited.com if there are any specific topics or questions you'd like to have addressed. As usual, if you like this episode, I would love for you to leave us a five-star review and rating. Thanks, and see you next week.